Page seven of the Adventures of Master F. J. by George Gascoigne. The Sleepervox recording is in the public domain. Well, thus these two lovers passed many days in exceeding contentation, and more than speakable pleasures, in which time Ferdinando did compile very many verses according to sundry occasions proffered, and they were for the most part sauced with a taste of glory as you know that in such cases a lover being charged with inexpremable joys and therewith enjoined both by duty and discretion to keep the same covert can by no means devise a greater consolation than to commit it into some ciphered words and figured speeches in verse whereby he feeleth his heart hath or more than half eased of swelling for as sighs are some present ease to the pensive mind even so we find by experience that such secret intercomings of joys doth increase delight. I would not have you conster my words to this effect, that I think a man cannot sufficiently rejoice in the lucky lots of love unless he impart the same to others. God forbid that ever I should enter into such an heresy, for I have always been of this opinion, that as to be fortunate in love is one of the most inward contentations to man's mind of all earthly joys, even so if he do but once bewray the same to any living creature immediately either dread of discovering doth bruise his breast with an intolerable burden or else he leaseth the principal virtue which gave effect to his gladness not unlike to apothecary's pot which being filled with sweet ointments or perfumes doth retain in itself some scent of the same and being poured out doth return to the former state hard harsh and of small savour so the mind being fraught with delights as long as it can keep them secretly enclosed may continually feed upon the pleasant record thereof as the well willing and ready horse biteth on the bridle but having once disclosed them to any other straightway we lose the hidden treasure of the same and are oppressed with sundry doubtful opinions and dreadful conceits and yet for a man to record unto himself in the inward contemplation of his mind the often remembrance of his late received joys doth as it were ease the heart of burden and add unto the mind a fresh supply of delight yea and in verse principally as i conceive a man may best contrive his way of comfort in himself therefore as i have said Ferdinando, swimming now in delights, did nothing but write such verse as might accumulate his joys to the extremity of pleasure, the which for that purpose he kept from sight of the world, as one more desirous to seem obscure and defective than overmuch to glory in his adventures, especially for that in the end his hap was as heavy as hitherto he had been fortunate. Footnote. Q1 contains this. Amongst other I remembered one happened upon this occasion, the husband of the Lady Eleanor, being all the while absent from her, and now return, and kept cut at home, with whom F.J. found means so to insinuate himself, that familiarity took deep root between them, and seldom but by stealth you could find the one out of the other's company on a time the knight riding on hunting desired f j to accompany him the which he could not refuse to do but like a lusty yonker ready at all assays apparelled himself in green and about his neck a bugle pricking and galloping amongst the foremost 
according to the manner of that country and it chanced that the married knight thus galloping lost his horn which some divines might have interpreted to be but molting and that by god's grace he might have anew come up again shortly instead of that well he came to f j requiring him to lend him his bugle for said the knight i heard you not blow this day and i would fain encourage the hounds if i had a horn quoth f j although i have not been over lavish of my coming hitherto i would you should not doubt but that i can tell how to use a horn well enough and yet i may little do if i may not lend you a horn and therewithal took his bugle from his neck and lent it to the knight who making it unto the hounds gan essay to recheat but the horn was too hard for him to wind whereat f j took pleasure and said to himself blow till thou break that i made thee one within these few days that thou wilt never crack whiles thou livest and hereupon before the fall of the buck devised this sonnet following which at his homecoming he presented unto his mistress g t as some men say there is a kind of seed will grow to horns if it be sowed thick wherewith i thought to try if i could breed a brood of buds well sharped on the prick and by good proof of learned skill i found as on some special soil all seeds best frame so jealous brains do breed the battle-ground that best of all might serve to bear the same then sought i forth to find such supple soil and called to mind thy husband had a brain so that per case by travail and by toil his fruitful front might turn my seed to gain and as i grope it in that ground to sow it start up a horn thy husband could not blow it f j this sonnet treateth of a strange seed but it tasteth most of rye which is more common amongst men nowadays well let it pass amongst the rest and he that liketh it not turn over the leaf to another i doubt not but in this register he may find some to content him unless he be too curious End of footnote and here i will surcease to rehearse any more of his verses until i have expressed how that his joys being exalted to the highest degree began to bend toward declination for now the unhappy secretary whom i have before remembered was returned from florence on whom ferdinando had no sooner cast his eyes but immediately he fell into a great passion of mind which might be compared unto a fever this fruit grew of the good instructions that his hope had planted in his mind whereby i might take just occasion to forewarn every lover how they suffer this venomous serpent jealousy to creep into their conceits for surely of all other diseases in love i suppose that to be uncurable and would hold longer discourse therein were it not that both this tale and the verses of ferdinando himself hereafter to be recited shall be sufficient to speak for me in this behalf the lover as i say upon the sudden was driven into such a malady as no meat might nourish his body no delights please his mind no remembrance of joys forepast content him nor any hope of the like to come might recomfort him hereat some unto whom i have imparted this tale have taken occasion to discommend his fainting heart 
yet surely the cause inwardly and deeply considered i cannot so lightly condemn him for an old saying is that every man can give counsel better than follow it and needs must the conflicts of his thoughts be strange between the remembrance of his forepast pleasure and the present sight of this monster whom before for lack of like instruction he had not so thoroughly marked and beheld well such was the grief unto him that he became sickly and kept his chamber the ladies having received the news thereof gan all at once lament his misfortune and of common consent agreed to visit him they marched thither in good equipage i warrant you and found ferdinando lying upon his bed languishing whom they all saluted generally and sought to recomfort but especially his mistress having in her hand a branch of willow wherewith she defended her from the hot air can thus say unto him servant quod she or that i suppose your malady to proceed of none other cause but only slothfulness i have brought this pretty rod to beat you a little nothing doubting but when you feel the smart of a twig or twain you will like a tractable young scholar pluck up your quickened spirits and cast this drowsiness apart ferdinando with a great sigh answered alas good mistress quod he if any like chastisement might quicken me how much more might the presence of all you lovely dames recomfort my dulled mind whom to behold were sufficient to revive an eye now dazzled with the dread of death and that not only for the heavenly aspects which you represent but also much the more for your exceeding courtesy in that you have deigned to visit me so unworthy a servant but good mistress quod he as it were shame for me to confess that ever my heart could yield for fear so i assure you that my mind cannot be content to induce infirmity by sluggish conceit but in truth mistress i am sick quod he and therewithal the trembling of his heart had sent up such throbbing into his throat as that his voice now deprived of breath commanded the tongue to be still when dame eleanor for compassion distilled into tears and drew towards the window leaving the other gentlewomen about his bed who being no less sorry for his grief yet for that they were none of them so touched in their secret thoughts they had bolder spirits and freer speech to recomfort him amongst the rest the lady frances who indeed loved him deeply and could best conjecture the cause of his conceits said unto him good trust quod she if any help of physic may cure your malady i would not have you hurt yourself with these doubts which you seem to retain if choice of diet may help behold us here your cooks ready to minister all things needful if company may drive away your annoy we mean not to leave you solitary if grief of mind be cause of your infirmity we all here will offer our devoir to turn it into joy if mishap have given you cause to fear or dread anything remember hope which never faileth to recomfort an afflicted mind and good trust quod she distraining his hand right heartily let this simple proof of our poor good wills be so accepted of you as that it may work thereby the effect of our desires ferdinando as one in a trance had marked very little of her courteous talk 
and yet gave her thanks, and so held his peace, whereat the ladies being all amazed, there became a silence in the chamber on all sides. Dame Eleanor, fearing thereby that she might the more easily be espied, and having now dried up her tears, returned to her servant, recomforting him by all possible means of common courtesy, promising that, since in her sickness he had not only stanched her bleeding, but also by his gentle company and sundry devices of honest pastime, had driven away the pensiveness of her mind, she thought herself bound with like willingness to do her best in anything that might restore his health and taking him by the hand said further good servant if thou bear indeed any true affection to thy poor mistress start upon thy feet again and let her enjoy thine accustomed service to her comfort for sure quoth she i will never leave to visit this chamber once in a day until i may have thee down with me ferdinando hearing the hearty words of his mistress and perceiving the earnest manner of her pronunciation began to receive unspeakable comfort in the same, and said, Mistress, your exceeding courtesy were able to revive a man half dead, and to me it is both great comfort, and it doth also gold my remembrance with a continual smart of mine own unworthiness. But as I would desire no longer life than till I might be able to deserve some part of your bounty, so I will endeavour myself to live, were it but only unto that end, that I might merit some part of your favour with acceptable service, and requite some deal of the courtesy of all these other fair ladies, who have so far, above my deserts, deigned to do me good. Thus said, the ladies tarried not long before they were called to evensong, when his mistress, taking his hand, kissed it, saying, Farewell, good servant, and I pray thee, suffer not the malice of thy sickness to overcome the gentleness of thy good heart. Ferdinando, ravished with joy, suffered them all to depart, and was not able to pronounce one word. After their departure, he gan cast in his mind the exceeding courtesy used towards him by them all, but above all other the bounty of his mistress, and therewithal took a sound and firm opinion that it was not possible for her to counterfeit so deeply, as indeed I believe that she then did not, whereby he suddenly felt his heart greatly eased, and began in himself thus to reason. Was ever man of so wretched a heart? I am the most bounden to love, quod he, of all them that ever professed his service. I enjoy one the fairest that ever was found, and I find her the kindest that ever was heard of. Yet in mine own wicked heart I could villainously conceive that of her, which being compared with the rest of her virtues, is not possible to harbour in so noble a mind. Hereby I have brought myself without cause into this feebleness, and good reason that for so high an offence I should be punished with great infirmity. What shall I then do? Yield to the same? No, but according to my late protestation, I will recomfort this languishing mind of mine, to the end I may live but only to do penance for this so notable a crime so rashly committed. And thus saying, he start from his bed, and gan to walk towards the window. But the venomous serpent which, as before I rehearsed, had stung him, 
could not be content that these medicines applied by the mouth of his gentle mistress should so soon restore him to garrison and although indeed they were such mithridate to him as that they had now expelled the rancor of the poison yet that ugly hellish monster had left behind her in the most secret of his bosom even between the mind and the man one of her familiars named suspect which can work in the weak spirits of ferdinando effects of no less peril than before he had received his head swelling with these troublesome toys and his heart swimming in the tempests of tossing fantasy he felt his legs so feeble that he was constrained to lie down on his bed again and repeating in his own remembrance every word that his mistress had spoken unto him he gan to dread that she had brought the willow branch to beat him with in token that he was of her forsaken for so lovers do most commonly expound the willow garland and this to think did cut his heart in twain a wonderful change and here a little to stay you i will describe as i find it in bartello the beginning the fall the return and the being of this hellish bird who indeed may well be counted a very limb of the devil many years since one of the most dreadful dastards in the world and one of them that first devised to wear his beard at length lest the barber might do him a good turn sooner than he looked for it and yet not so soon as he deserved had builded for his security a pile on the highest and most inaccessible mount of all his territories the which being fortified with strong walls and environed with deep ditches had no place of entry but one only door so straight and narrow as might by any possibility receive the body of one living man from which he ascended up a ladder and so creeping through a marvellous straight hole attained to his lodging the which was so dark and obscure as scarcely either sun or air could enter into it thus he devised to lodge in safety and for the most surety can trust none other letting down this ladder but only his wife and at the foot thereof kept always by daylight a fierce mastiff close and kennelled which never saw nor heard the face or voice of any other creature but only of them too him by night he trusted with the scout of this pretty passage having nevertheless between him and this dog a double door with treble locks quadruple bars and before all a portcullis of iron neither yet could he be so hardy as to sleep until he had caused a guard of servants whom he kept abroad for that purpose to search all the corners adjoining to all his fortress and then between fearful sweat and shivering cold with one eye opened and the other closed he stole sometimes a broken sleep divided with many terrible dreams in this sort the wretch lived all too long until at last his wife being not able any longer to support this hellish life grew so hardy as with his own knife to dispatch his carcass out of this earthly purgatory the which being done his soul and good reason was quickly conveyed by charon unto hell there radamanthus judge of that bench commanded him quickly to be thrust into a boiling pool and being therein plunged very often he never shrieked or cried i scald as his other companions there cried 
but seemed so lightly to esteem it that the judge thought meet to condemn him unto the most terrible place where are such torments as neither pen can write tongue express or thought conceive but the miser even there seemed to smile and to make small account of his punishment radamanthus hereof informed sent for him and demanded the cause why he made so light of his durance he answered that whiles he lived on earth he was so continually afflicted and oppressed with suspicion as that now only to think that he was out of those meditations was sufficient armour to defend him from all other torments radamanthus astonied hereat gan call together the senators of that kingdom and propounded this question how and by what punishment they might devise to touch him according to his deserts and hereupon fell great disputation at last being considered that he had already him plunged in the most unspeakable torments and thereat little or nothing had changed countenance therewithal that no soul was sent unto them to be relieved of his smart but rather to be punished for his former delights it was concluded by the general council that he should be eftsoons sent into the world and restored to the same body wherein he first had his residence so to remain for perpetuity and never to depart nor to perish thus the body and soul being once again united and now eftsoons with the same pestilence infected he became of a suspicious man suspicion itself and now the wretch remembering the treason of his wife who had so willingly dispatched him once before gan utterly abhor her and fled her company searching in all countries some place of better assurance and when he had in vain trod over the most part of the earth he embarked himself to find some unknown island wherein he might frame some new habitation and finding none so commodious as he desired he fortuned sailing alone by the shore to espy a rock more than six hundred cubits high which hung so suspiciously over the seas as though it would threaten to fall at every little blast this did suspicion imagine to be a fit foundation whereon he might build his second bower he forsook his boat and travelled by land to espy what entry or access might be made unto the same and found from land no manner of entry or access unless it were that some courteous bird of the air would be ambassador or convey some engines as whilom the eagle did carry ganymede into heaven he then returned to seas and approaching near to this rock found a small stream of fresh water issuing out of the same into the seas the which although it were so little and so straight as might aneaths receive a boat of bigness to carry one living creature at once yet in his conceit he thought it more large and spacious than that broadway called by our forefathers via appia or than that other named flaminia he abandoned his bark and putting off his clothes adventured for he was now assured not to drown to wade and swim against the stream of this unknown brook the which a wondrous thing to tell and scarcely to be believed came down from the very top and height of this rock and by the way he found six straits and dangerous places where the water seemed to stay his course 
passing under six straight and low bridges and hard by every one of those places a pile raised up in manner of a bulwark the which were hollow in such sorts as lodgings and other places necessary might in them commodiously be devised by such one as could endure the hellishness of the place passing by these he attained with much pain unto the top of the rock the which he found hollowed as the rest and far more fit for his security than otherwise apt for any commodity there gan suspicion determined to nestle himself and having now placed six chosen porters to wit dread mistrust wrath desperation frenzy and fury at these six strong bulwarks he lodged himself in that seventh all alone for he trusted no company but ever mistrusting that his wife should eftsoons find him out therein he shrieketh continually like to a shriek owl to keep the watch waking never content to sleep by day nor by night but to be sure that he should not oversleep himself gan stuff his couch with porpentine's quills to the end that when heavy sleep overcame him and he thereby should be constrained to charge his pallet with more heavy burden those plumes might then prick through and so awake him his garments were steel upon iron and that iron upon iron and iron again and the more he was armed the less he trusted to be out of danger he chopped and changed continually now this now that now keys now locks ditches new scoured and walls newly fortified and thus always uncontented liveth this wretched hellhound suspicion in this hellish dungeon of habitation from whence he never removeth his foot but only in the dead and silent nights when he may be assured that all creatures but himself are whelmed in sound sleep and then with stealing steps he stalketh about the earth infecting tormenting and vexing all kinds of people with some part of his afflictions but especially such as either do sit in chair of greatest dignity and estimation or else such as have achieved some dear and rare emprise those above all others he continually galleth with fresh wounds of dread lest they might lose and forego the rooms whereunto with such long travail and good haps they had attained and by this means per case he had crept into the bosom of ferdinando who as is before declared did erst swim in the deepest seas of earthly delights now then i must think it high time to return unto him who being now through feebleness eftsoons cast down upon his bed gan cast in his inward meditations all things past and as one thoroughly puffed up and filled with one peevish conceit could think upon nothing else and yet accusing his own guilty conscience to be infected with jealousy did compile this as followeth what state to man so sweet and pleasant were as to be tied in links of worthy love what life so blissed and happy might appear as for to serve cupid that god above if that our minds were not sometimes infect with dread with fear with care with cold suspect with deep despair with furious frenesy 
handmaids to her whom we call jealousy or every other sop of sour chance which lovers taste amid their sweet delight increaseth joy and doth their love advance in pleasure's place to have more perfect plight the thirsty mouth thinks water hath good taste the hungry jaws are pleased with each repast who hath not proved what dearth by wars doth grow cannot of peace the pleasant plenties know and though with eye we see not every joy yet may the mind full well support the same an absent life long led in great annoy when presence comes doth turn from grief to game to serve without reward is thought great pain but if despair do not therewith remain it may be borne for right rewards at last follow true service though they come not fast disdains repulses finally each ill each smart each pain of love each bitter taste to think on them gan frame the lover's will to like each joy the more that comes at last but this infernal plague if once it touch or venom wants the lover's mind with grutch all fests and joys that afterwards befall the lover counts them light or not at all this is that sore this is that poisoned wound the which to heal nor salve nor ointment serve nor charm of words nor image can be found nor observance of stars can it preserve nor all the art of magic can prevail which zoroastes found for our avail or cruel plague above all sorrows smart with desperate death thou slayst the lover's heart and me even now thy gall hath so infect as all the joys which ever lover found and all good haps that ever troilus sect achieve it yet above the luckless ground can never sweeten once my mouth with mel nor bring my thoughts again in rest to dwell of thy mad moods and of naught else i think in such like seas fair bradamant did sink ferdinando hieronymi thus ferdinando continued on his bed until his bountiful mistress with the company of the other courteous dames returned after supper to his chamber at their first entry why how now servant quoth dame eleanor we hoped to have found you on foot mistress quoth he i have assayed my feet since your departure but i find them yet unable to support my heavy body and therefore am constrained as you see to acquaint myself with these pillows servant said she i am right sorry thereof but since it is of necessity to bear sickness i will employ my endeavour to allay some part of your pains and to refresh your weary limbs with some comfortable matter and therewithal calling her handmaid delivered unto her a bunch of pretty little keys and whispering in her ear dispatched her towards her chamber the maid tarried not long but returned with a little casket the which her mistress took opened and drew out of the same much fine linen amongst the which she took a pillow bare very fine and sweet 
which although it were of itself as sweet as might be being of long time kept in that odoriferous chest yet did she with damask water and that of the best that might be i warrant you all to sprinkle it with her own hands which in my conceit might much amend the matter then calling for a fresh pillow sent her maid to air the same and at her return put on this thus perfumed pillow bare in meantime also she with her own hands attired her servant's head in a fair wrought kerchief taken out of the same casket then laid him down upon this fresh and pleasant place and prettily as it were in sport bedewed his temples with sweet water which she had ready in a casting bottle of gold kissing his cheek and saying good servant be whole for i might not long endure thus to attend thee and yet the love that i bear towards thee cannot be content to see thee languish mistress said ferdinando and that with a trembling voice assure yourself that if there remain in me any spark of life or possibility of recovery then may this excellent bounty of yours be sufficient to revive me without any further travail or pain unto your person for whom i am highly to blame in that i do not spare to put you unto this trouble and better it were that such a wretch as i had died unknown than that by your exceeding courtesy you should fall into any malady either by resorting unto me or by these your pains taken about me servant quod she all pleasures seem painful to them that take no delight therein and likewise all toil seemeth pleasant to such as set their felicity in the same but for me be you sure i do it with so good a will that i can take no hurt thereby unless i shall perceive that it be rejected or neglected as unprofitable or uncomfortable unto you to me mistress quod ferdinando it is such pleasure as neither my feeble tongue can express nor my troubled mind conceive why are you troubled in mind then servant quod dame eleanor ferdinando now blushing answered but even as all sick men be mistress herewith they stayed their talk a while and the first that brake silence was the lady frances who said and to drive away the troubles of your mind good trust i would be glad if we could devise some pastime amongst us to keep you company for i remember that with such devices you did greatly recomfort this fair lady when she languished in like sort she languished indeed gentle hope quod he but god forbid that she had languished in like sort everybody thinketh their own grief greatest quod dame eleanor but indeed whether my grief were the more or the less i am right sorry that yours is such as it is and to assay whether our passions proceeded of like cause or not i would we could according to this lady's saying devise some like pastime to try if your malady would be cured with like medicines a gentlewoman of the company whom i have not hitherto named gan thus propound we have accustomed quod she heretofore in most of our games to choose a king or queen 
and he or she during their government have charged every of us either with commandments or questions as best seemed to their majesty wherein to speak mine opinion we have given over large a scope neither seemeth it reasonable that one should have the power to discover the thoughts or at least to bridle the affects of all the rest and though indeed in questioning which doth of the twain more nearly touch the mind every one is at free liberty to answer what they list yet oft have i heard a question demanded in such sort and upon such sudden that it hath been hardly answered without moving matter of contention and in commands also sometimes it happeneth one to be commanded unto such service as either they are unfit to accomplish and then the party's weakness is thereby detected or else to do something that they would not whereof ensueth more crouch than game wherefore in mine opinion we shall do well to choose by lot amongst us a governor who for that it shall be sufficient preeminence to use the chair of majesty shall be bound to give sentence upon all such arguments and questions as we shall orderly propound unto them and from him or her as from an oracle we will receive answer and deciding of our litigious causes this dame had stuff in her an old courtier and a wily wench named pergo well this proposition of pergo pleased them well and by lot it happened that ferdinando must be moderator of these matters and collector of these causes the which being so constituted the lady eleanor said unto this dame pergo you have devised this pastime quoth she and because we think you to be the most expert in the handling thereof do you propound the first question and we shall be both the more ready and able to follow your example the lady pergo refused not but began on this wise noble governor quoth she amongst the adventures that have befallen me i remember especially this one that in youth it was my chance to be beloved of a very court-like young gentleman who abode near the place wherein my parents had their resiance this gentleman whether it were for beauty or for any other respect that he saw in me i know not but he was enamoured of me and that with an exceeding vehement passion and of such force were his effects that notwithstanding many repulses which he had received at my hands he seemed daily to grow in the renewing of his desires i on the other side although i could by no means mislike of him by any good reason considering that he was of birth no way inferior unto me of possessions not to be disdained of person right comely of behaviour courtly of manners modest of mind liberal and of virtuous disposition yet such was the gaiety of my mind as that i could not be content to lend him over large thongs of my love but always dangerously behaved myself towards him and in such sort as he could neither take comfort of my answers nor yet once find himself requited with one good look for all his travail this notwithstanding the worthy knight continued his suit with no less vehement affection than erst he had begun it even by the space of seven years 
at the last whether discomfited by my dealings or tried by long travail or that he had percase lit upon the lake that is in the forest of ardenne and so in haste and all thirsty had drunk some drops of disdain whereby his hot flames were quenched or that he had undertaken to serve no longer but his just term of apprenticehood or that the teeth of time had gnawn and tired his dulled spirits in such sort as that all benumbed he was constrained to use some other artificial balm for the quickening of his senses or by what cause moved i know not he did not only leave his long-continued suit but as i have since perceived grew to hate me more deadly than before i had disdained him at the first beginning of his retire i perceived not his hatred but imagined that being over-wearied he had withdrawn himself for a time and considering his worthiness therewithal his constancy of long time proved i thought that i could not in the whole world find out a fitter match to bestow myself than on so worthy a person wherefore i did by all possible means procure that he might eftsoons use his accustomed repair unto my parents and further in all places where i happened to meet him i used all the courtesies towards him that might be contained within the bonds of modesty but all was in vain for he was now become more dangerous to be won than the haggard falcon our lots being thus unluckily changed i grew to burn in desire and the more dangerous that he showed himself unto me the more earnest i was by all means to procure his consent of love at the last i might perceive that not only he disdained me but as me thought boiled in hatred against me and the time that i thus continued tormented with these thoughts was also just the space of seven years finally when i perceived no remedy for my perplexities i essayed by absence to wear away this malady and therefore utterly refused to come in his presence yea or almost in any other company whereby i have consumed in lost time the flower of my youth and am become as you see what with years and what with the tormenting passions of love pale wan and full of wrinkles nevertheless i have thereby gained thus much that at last i have wound myself clear out of cupid's chains and remain careless at liberty now mark to what end i tell you this first seven years passed in the which i could never be content to yield unto his just desires next other seven years i spent in seeking to recover his lost love and sithens both those seven years there are even now on st valentine's day last other seven years past in the which neither i have desired to see him nor he hath coveted to hear of me my parents now perceiving how the crow's foot has crept under mine eye and remembering the long suit that this gentleman had in youth spent on me considering therewith all that green youth is well mellowed in us both have of late sought to persuade a marriage between us the which the knight hath not refused to hear of and i have not disdained to think on by their mediation we have been eftsoons brought to parley 
wherein over and besides the ripping up of many old griefs this hath been chiefly rehearsed and objected between us what wrong and injury each of us hath done to other and hereabouts we have fallen to sharp contention he alleged that much greater is the wrong which i have done unto him than that repulse which he hath sithens used to me and i have affirmed the contrary the matter yet hangeth in variance now of you worthy governor i would be most glad to hear this question decided remembering that there was no difference in the times between us and surely unless your judgment help me i am afraid my marriage will be marred and i may go lead apes in hell ferdinando answered good pergo i am sorry to hear so lamentable a discourse of your luckless love and much the sorrier in that i must needs give sentence against you for surely great was the wrong that either of you have done to other and greater was the needless grief which causeless each of you hath conceived in this long time but greatest in my judgment hath been both the wrong and the grief of the knight in that notwithstanding his deserts which yourself confess he never enjoyed any guerdon of love at your hands and you as you allege did enjoy his love of long time together so that by the reckoning it will fall out although being blinded in your own conceit you see it not that of the one and twenty years you enjoyed his love seven at the least but that ever he enjoyed yours we cannot perceive and much greater is the wrong that rewardeth evil for good than that which requireth tip for tap further it seemeth that whereas you went about in time to try him you did altogether lose time which can never be recovered and not only lost your own time whereof you would seem now to lament but also compelled him to lose his time which he might be it spoken without offence to you have bestowed in some other worthy place and therefore as that grief is much greater which hath no kind of comfort to allay it so much more is that wrong which altogether without cause is offered and i said pergo must needs think that much easier is it for them to endure grief which never tasted of joy and much less is that wrong which is so willingly proffered to be by recompense restored for if this knight will confess that he never had cause to rejoice in all the time of his service then with better contentation might he abide grief than i who having tasted of the delight which i did secretly conceive of his deserts do think each grief a present death by the remembrance of those forepast thoughts and less wrong seemeth it to be destitute of the thing which were never obtained than to be deprived of a jewel whereof we have been already possessed so that under your correction i might conclude that greater hath been my grief and injury sustained than that of the knight to whom Hieronymi replied as touching delight it may not be denied but that every lover doth take delight in the inward contemplation of his mind to think of the worthiness of his beloved and therefore you may not allege that the knight had never cause to rejoice 
unless you will altogether condemn yourself of worthiness marry if you will say that he tasted not the delights that lovers seek then mark who was the cause but yourself and if you would accuse him of like ingratitude or that he disdained you in the later seven years when as he might by accepting your love have recompensed himself of all former wrongs you must remember therewithal that the cruelty by you showed towards him was such that he could by no means perceive that your change proceeded of good will but rather eftsoons to hold him enchained in unknown links of subtle dealings and therefore not without cause he doubted you and yet without cause you rejected him he had often sought occasion but by your refusals he could never find him you having occasion fast by the foretop did dally with him so long till at the last he slipped his head from you and then catching at the bald noddle you found yourself the cause and yet you would accuse another to conclude greater is the grief that is sustained without desert and much more is the wrong that is offered without cause thus ferdinando Hieronymi decided the question propounded by pergo and expected that some other dame should propound another but his mistress having her hand on another halfpenny gan thus say unto him servant this pastime is good and such as i must needs like of to drive away your pensive thoughts but sleeping time approacheth and i fear we disquiet you wherefore the rest of this time we will if so like you bestow in trimming up your bed and to-morrow we shall meet here and renew this new-begun game with madame pergo mistress quod he i must obey your will and most humbly thank you of your great goodness and all these ladies for their courtesy even so requiring you that you will no further trouble yourselves about me but let my servant alone with conducting me to bed yes servant quod she i will see if you can sleep any better in my sheets and therewith commanded her handmaid to fetch a pair of clean sheets the which being brought marvellous fine and sweet the ladies francis and eleanor did courteously unfold them and laid them on the bed which done they also entreated him to unclothe him and go to bed. End of page seven.